guys, we have some special news we want to share with y'all. We are proud to announce that we're now affiliate partners with Right Stuff Anime. Right Stuff is the largest of North America's anime-specific retailer and distribution companies. They are your store for anime, manga, figures, and more. You can shop merch from popular series such as My Hero Academia, Tokyo Ghoul, One Piece, Castlevania, and so much more. And it gets even better. Right Stuff also allows you to use Sezzle on their online store. With Sezzle, you can shop now and pay later by dividing your total purchase into four equal parts and paying it off without any interest. So you can afford to buy that huge manga haul in your wish list or that very nice anime figure that you've always wanted. Having been longtime customers of Right Stuff Anime, we are thrilled to work with them officially. Remember, if you enjoy our show and But Why Though Geek community, you can help show your support when you use our affiliate link to shop Right Stuff Anime. Did You Have To is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Welcome back to Did You Have To, the podcast where two bad bitches talk about anime. And here are your hosts, Kate and Nisha. Yeah! Nisha's quirk, stress ball. By internalizing her stress about the world being in chaos and crime, she converts that stress into a superpower, becoming a badass. Kate's quirk, waifu warrior. By just watching her favorite shows, she can manifest real or fictional characters into the real thing. They come to life and fight by her side. Not every character does it, though. She has to find the individual really hot. <laughs> yeah! Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Did You Have To? We've been away for a while, but we figured we'd come back strong with Castlevania. I'm Kate. And I'm Nisha. And holy shit, season four. <laughs> Woo! You know what I can say now? Woo! I, so if you've listened to our Castlevania episodes, if you listen to any episodes of this podcast, it's going to be filled with spoilers. If you have not watched it, this is where I very strongly say, stop listening to us. And go watch the damn series. It literally takes 13 hours to watch the whole series. If you have not watched season four, that takes about like four-ish hours. You can do it. Go do it. Because, oh. Yes. It's a lot. But we have a lot to talk about. Because if y'all don't know, this is me and Kate, one of our favorite anime together. So, and the fact that this was the final season, which, like, bittersweet, but, like, also... I don't, I never thought I could find, I could see such a perfect ending. So Yeah, no, like, and this is like right off the bat, like just first impressions after finishing it. I strongly, like, there are two, for me, there are two studios who I can believe do no wrong. The first is MAPPA, second is Powerhouse. And I think that what Powerhouse did with season four was they set that animation standard for U.S. animation companies incredibly high, incredibly high. Like this is this is my standard. I don't want to see anything mm-hmm. out of the U.S. if it doesn't meet this, because and it, it's not knocking any of like the U.S. animation that we usually get, but this is another caliber. Like this is an entirely different plane. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like when I think about adult animation, I think powerhouse. When I think about like animated content from the US, I think powerhouse. And what they also did was they showed not just how to end an animated series. They showed how you end a series. They produced the best final season in anything I've ever watched. I've never been more satisfied. Like, that's just how I feel. This, from each character that I love, I've never felt this satisfied with the series ending. Like, I'm okay with it ending because of how satisfied they left us in the final minutes, up until the final minutes. Characters died, and I was fine with it. Characters that I loved died. And I was like, you know what? That's good. I get it. I'm not mad. You know, and that's the thing. Like, nothing was for... Because you know when, like, series ends. Like, we've seen, obviously, me and Kate being anime nerds, but also being writers and reviewing content and everything. We've seen a lot of film and TV and content. But it's one of those things where we know how series can end and it's done in a way that just looks like it's rushed and it's not well thought out and characters died it doesn't make any sense and stuff is done for shock value none of that happens here everything has a purpose um like character arcs think the story comes full circle i just god i love it also if y'all haven't already go read kate's review on it because I mean, again, spoilers, but go read the review on it because it does a great job, like, for people who love the series, too. Yeah, I had a hard time. Like, I will say, I had to watch this. I've watched season four five times now. (laughs) Five. Um, And it took me those five watches to find something that I didn't like. And it was a small thing that I, I understand they had to do. And I'll talk about it later. But mm. like overall, like that review was ex- like I finished watching Castlevania uh, like the day after I got the screeners for it. And then the embargo was up four days later. And so I usually what I do is I'll watch, I'll write while I watch, and then I'll flesh out the review and finish it out. And I usually have it done like same day. That Castlevania review took me like, it took me a long time. It mm. took me the entire time that I had to write it. And then I watched it through again. Like I watched the series through again so I could get a better grasp. And the thing is, is... I was trying to force myself and I think that like every critic should do this if there's something that you love and you're really passionate about and you 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 feel that there may be bias I feel like you need to make yourself talk through your review and kind of talk through the stuff that you love to like make sure like is this bias or is this like general like whatever mm-hmm. and I tried hard to find criticism like I gave them a 10 that 10 it was, it was a hard decision and it was a hard decision because I was in love with this as a fan, but I knew that my job as a critic was to be like as, as hard as I could be. Mm-hmm. And they just blew it out of the water. Like I really, I couldn't, I couldn't knock anything. I couldn't see anything that would, 
I don't know. It was just hard. It's like almost 3000 words. Like it's a very long review, but it's very detailed. I keep it mostly spoiler free. Um, but there's just so much y'all. Like, I don't know how in 10, like 20 ish minute episodes, you can do that much character growth. I don't know how, like I watch full, like 10 episode, one hour series don't pull off the type of like conclusion and character growth that Castlevania does. Mm-mm. Game of Thrones had a whole hour. <laughs> that's how you fumble the bag right there. Yeah. Well, we won't go into Game of Thrones because this is that's not an anime. We don't we don't talk about them here. Mm-mm. But anyways, let's just dive Although on I will in. Say, Castlevania showed you how a how you do a mad queen trope. You uh, know what? Appropriately. Sir, appropriately. Sir say wish. She was half the queen that Carmilla is. Mm-hmm. I bet you wish she would. Mm-hmm. But, woo, let's just dive on into it. Because uh, I think that covers our first thoughts. So, yeah. <sighs> okay. So, I don't, do you want to, like, do we need to give a synopsis here? Um. And I can cut no. this out. Okay. I don't know. Uh, and we do a quick uh, end of Castlevania three. Everybody's fucking sad. <laughs> Everybody, that's your that's that's your lead in. Everybody has been emotionally manipulated, traumatized in many different. Except for Isaac, because he's a king and he was on top that <laughs> at the king, end of last season. King shit. Yes. Love it. Uh, so Isaac has just completely decimated Genoa and Legion and just wrecked shop. Um, doing real well for himself Mm -hmm. um sweet baby Hector has been completely uh gutted uh as a character uh he has Mm -hmm. had all his agency stripped from him and he has become Lenore's puppy (sighs) Alucard is turning into his father yep and also understanding why his father is doing things because he was completely betrayed by Dokken Sumi um and uh Saifa and Trevor were on a high note until they realized that they helped a child killer and now Trevor's like we're in my story I'm so sorry Mm -hmm. um and that's where season four picks up it picks up directly after season Mm -hmm. three and you get to see uh Trevor and Saifa fighting stuff again which is great like there are like six fights in the first 13 minutes of the, yeah. of the series or something or the season or something yeah I really liked how they opened up the se- se- uh, yeah the season with this one because it's basically and given the time frame that we can guesstimate because like basically when they left Alucard at the end of season one it was a month in season two after that and then six weeks are has gone by when um they bring us to the present in season four so it's like all this stuff has transpired and Dracula's only been dead for like roughly two and a half months so I think that like that like kind of put things in perspective for me but I like how it starts off with Trevor and Saifa just like really just having to go from one fight to another fight and it's all about stopping people from bringing Dracula back which kind of makes sense because the premise of the video games that the um 
that the series is based off of is that's basically it someone's always trying to bring Dracula back to life so it makes sense of them just being like are you effing kidding me again someone's trying to bring him back why would anyone do that and I'm like we are all Trevor in this moment and he's and they're just fed up of people trying to revive Dracula as they keep just having to fight and fight and fight and they're at their wits end like Cybus cussing up a storm (laughs) yeah so that was one of the other things like I loved I loved the way that they opened this because you get like really mm-hmm. heavy action, but at the same time, like you get to see another glimpse into their relationship mm-hmm. because like it's a running joke where she's cussing and Trevor's just like, what? <laughs> where, why, where did you learn that word? And it's like you, you, she learned it from you. you and sir. It, is, it is the most adorable bickering mm-hmm. that is just perfect. Um, it and is. I, it, what I really applaud um, Powerhouse for is giving us those small little emotion, emotional and intimate moments between characters while you're also fighting a whole bunch of shit and without mm-hmm. doing some grand exposition moment. Like they've really crafted how to, how to, how to nail that. And mm-hmm. visually too. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all of that. So like that was really cool to see in this season. And like you're right, because like one of my favorite things from season three were us getting a peek at Trevor and Sypha's relationship outside of them fighting monsters and going like doing their thing as Belnatis and Belmont, which is adorable and cute in itself. But then it's like, no, this shit kind of you kind of see how this stuff has started to build up and like really hit Sypha in a way where it's like Trevor's like this is life this is like this is my life I'm used to this you're not used to this and it's like you can see it really taking a toll on her Mm -hmm. and it's adorable too because not saying that they're not winning in these fights but Mm -hmm. it's a constant fight whereas like I feel like season three Sypha and Trevor you have Sypha like being excited about the fight because she hadn't been in it she hadn't Mm -hmm. seen it and so she got to savor those moments especially being with Trevor and now it's just kind of like oh no this shit's actually exhausting Mm -hmm. right because it takes a toll especially when she sees just how depraved and dark things can get it's not just monsters it's people and that's just in like the first 15 minutes of episode one right that's not even <laughs> that's not an arc that's literally the first 15 minutes yeah oh. um and then from there alia card is alia card is pretty much also turning into trevor mm, yes. um boy needs to drink more water we learned that um yes. but the biggest word of all titty titty oh my god Sadness has filled Alucard's pectorals and they are glorious and he is officially a member of the Big Titty Gang and I love it. Mm-hmm. If for whatever reason Powerhouse decides to listen to our mess of a podcast, whoever decided to show his titties nonstop this entire season, I will buy you a drink. I'm also in Austin. I will buy you a beer and or cocktail or even if it's just like a boba tea, something that you're into, because thank you. Thank you for your service. They literally take up the entire screen, and I'm here for it. So, yes, he is big titty game. Do we know why people keep calling him the Alucard? Like, where know. that comes from? I think, I have no idea. I, I'm just going to assume it's a game thing, but Taka and mm. Sumi also call him the Alucard. Right. Because it's not like yeah. they call Dracula the Dracula. They call, like... 
I don't. Uh, I, I don't, think it's. Mm-mm. I I think Alucard is just. I think it's more like a title because he's like the anti Dracula, if I remember correctly. Because mm-hmm. his name is at is Adrian Tepish, and right. he chooses not to go by that. Mm-hmm. And he chooses to go by what his the Wallachian people call him, which is the Alucard. Got it. Um, or, or Alucard, not the Alucard. And so now he's like, why are you putting the in front of it? Right. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, but it was really. I mean, I, I think the most impressive thing for me is like from Alucard that we see in season three at the end. I did not think he would ever interact with people again, and I thought it was going to be a challenge for him to ever like to show any like emotion towards or not not emotion empathy towards people but it's like surprisingly that's kind of his whole thing is to like open his heart again this season and to help those who like need his help and need his strength and I thought that was like an interesting thing to see because I definitely thought Alucard was going to be in a worse place and I was so scared that he was going to like die this season because everybody made yeah. me feel bad about not saying, please protect out your card. I just figured he'd be fine. Everybody said it was my fault if he would die, but he's okay. So Kate can't blame me. Thank God. Yeah. And thankfully he's happy now. Um, but I think also, so we have that he goes to Dynasty to save people. He joins up, meets Saint Germain or Saint Germain. Um, oh my God, which also don't ever be as thirsty as Saint Germain. Like, don't. <laughs> if they don't give you the time of day, just say no. Just just move on. There's right. there's other booty in the sea. Like you got that. No, dear Lord, no. Obsessive. Um, <laughs> woo. Um, and then you have Hector going about his business in the castle. Lenore kept up her end of the deal and are in fact. Uh, or is in fact giving him a good life he has a library he has his own magic mirror he's making deals um he's also planning a way out of there so you see him mm-hmm. slowly getting a sense of his own agency and autonomy even within uh, being in the court of Styria. um morana and striga are out to fight carmilla's battles mm-hmm. carmilla's pretty obsessed with keeping keeping taking over the world and isaac is just living his best life feeding his night creatures berries I just love it. I love it. The way Isaac comes in this season, just, you you can see that there's like no tension in his shoulders and I just love it for him. Uh, And he just has, I'm going to say, Isaac has, to me, the best character arc in the series. And I know that's saying, I I feel like people might disagree with me, but I'm saying it for myself. He has the best character arc. I agree. I agree. He has the strongest character arc. He also has the arc that does the most, um, Mm -hmm. that does the most and pushes the most. And I think that that is one of the most important things. Yeah. I agree. Like it is, I think this the i'm blown away that like the overall theme of um of this series is encapsulated in isaac Mm. um and that's something that's powerful because everybody is pushing everybody is pushing towards where isaac is and that is something that i think is really powerful um, and I think the fact that everybody makes mentions to everybody else's story 
is something that shows the beauty in the writing for Castlevania because in the in in Trevor's big moment he says that you know it's it's time to build and we're murderers it we need to we need to move out of the way and that is a a reflection of what Isaac is saying Isaac Mm -hmm. is saying that I need to build he needs to do something more than just conquest Mm -hmm. and it all goes back to what the captain told him that once you have conquered you are now a ruler and it's up Mm -hmm. to you to do something and I think that Isaac's role here is to do that thing and I know that they have planned or at least speculated online a lot of people have said that there are other Castlevania franchises or Castlevania like ish stories coming out from this the main story is just done and I would personally really like to see a a series just focused on Isaac he's that strong of a character definitely he's he definitely is and you know what just something you just said reminded me like there were a lot of great callbacks to like the previous seasons and other characters like the like the example you said about Trevor but there was also even Trevor makes the same um, analogy where he's like to Sypha and him when he's like we've been re- reacting and we need to act and it's the same thing that Isaac is like basically saying out loud to himself he's like for so long I've reacted in my life and I didn't act I was fine with being the knife for someone else to wield but now I'm finding myself to be the hand that wields the knife and it's like wow th- these are just like very powerful things because it's true when you think about it in life in general and it's like in different ways you can just like kind of appreciate what both of those characters mean by those things like yeah to react to the things that are happening to you but and then to act to the things that are that yeah. you can do those are completely different things and that really speaks to like taking control of what exactly. you can in your life and yeah <sighs> and I think that that's the strength that I and it's funny because I for a while I mean and I love Trevor this is not a knock against Trevor he's my himbo <laughs> I love him with all my heart. I have a statue of him, um, but not that he was underwritten, but I feel like he's mm-hmm. kind of just been floating around. Like he is, he's the fighter. He's the other part of the group and he hasn't really had a pretty strong voice outside of the first season once you introduce like the rest of the cast of characters. Mm-hmm. But in this one, you get moments where you can see Isaac's growth in him, not necessarily the same path, but like you said, it's kind of like this introspection. He understands where he is and he understands mm-hmm. that things need to change. And he understands that he needs to do things different with Saifa to survive, but also to live and plan a future. And like, as like, just like talking about character arcs, like Trevor very much like, I like I like the line that you bring up about like being the being the knife and being the hand and Trevor mm-hmm. from day one has said I'm Trevor Belmont and I I do not fear death mm-hmm. and that line from season one is carried into here when he fights death and he yes. very there's this beautiful that in that entire animated sequence is is beautiful but when he stabs death and kills him death is screaming and trevor just is like a a, not even a smile just peace yeah it's just it's just like okay like it's done Mm -hmm. that's an except that that is him doing more than just react he's planning for something else and then you get the slip that saifa's pregnant like or he's like don't name it traffer and i was like oh my one that's a callback to season two two holy shit this man is 
he's planning his future. He's going to give his life for his unborn child. Yeah. Like the, the links and the worlds that Trevor has come across just oh the growth and it's just like that's it like to see how far Trevor's come and then like also Isaac and then like other characters too but like those two for sure like one two of my top favorites yeah um but it's just like like you said like I feel like Trevor the series started centered on obviously Dracula and like starting like like where we started with Dracula and why he wanted to end the world but then like it switched its focus to Trevor and then like forming the trio and everything and then it just felt like Trevor was there like he was present he contributed and everything and like we know he had his own stuff going on too in his own journey but like this season like man I just fighting death literally fighting death and then being at peace with his own death also actually getting to hear him tell Saifa that he loves her yes oh god and I I think that 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 exchange is so beautiful because he says I love you and she's like I know he's like you better know and just a bad name and I it, it was just like it was so emotional like I feel like that that's the beauty of season four especially mm-hmm. with all the characters um and I know we kind of just jumped into talking about it all but I don't care this is our podcast yes um, we make the rules here <laughs> there nothing feels cheaply won every mm-hmm. decision that they made with each character there's emotional build-up and emotional payoff mm-hmm. um and I think and this is where I'll mention my one critique of the series or the season, I personally really hate that there is that romantic involvement or like uh, breadcrumbs mm. with Greta for two reasons. One, her name's Greta Dynasty, which I'm assuming she's a gender swapped Grant Dynasty from the video games. Which was there a force to make Alucard straight? Like that, like, I'm not, I'm not blaming powerhouse. Like, I wonder if Konami was like, hey, no, you, like, y'all showed him being an Uke, like, last season. Y'all got to make sure that people know that he also is straight. And it's like, no, he's bi. Like, that was clearly established. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel for me, it felt, it felt forced. Because for Ayakard, even in the relationship with Taka and Sumi, it wasn't necessarily about romance or that type of connection. Ayakard wants a family. And so for me to have all of the flirtations and all the touches and all the things between him and Greta, that's not what he needed. What he needed was to make his new village with his family which is Alucard and Saifa and throwing my like thruple brain out like even platonic Saifa and Trevor like that that for me is the perfect recovery from where he was in season three because he has his family back and he has a family that is there to protect him um not to hurt him and that's important to me um and so I feel like and again this is after five watches the Greta stuff just it it feels really forced and I feel like I see it happen on a lot of like media where they're like oh this character like totally likes dudes or like this character may be gay and then somewhere in the next season they force them into a straight relationship and it's like oh well 
And like, and I'm not saying like Alucard is bi. He can be with a woman. Like that that doesn't erase the fact that he's already canonically bi in this series. Mm-hmm. But especially given the backlash that this that season three got for showing Alucard as an Uga and showing him more explicitly involved sexually with the guy of the twins and not mm-hmm. the girl, like it I can't help but feel a little like was that forced? um because his payoff and his emotion isn't her like nobody cares like you just met her the payoff is that you're with your family again Mm -hmm. that's the payoff and your home that was completely destroyed and your room that was destroyed and you're like all of that can be rebuilt with your new family and it just it just bugs me that's my only issue Mm. And I know it sounds like it was a big issue, but like it literally took me five watches to like feel this way. So you did good powerhouse. Just I, come on. I think you bring up a good point though. Cause if you take out Greta and if you put a man there instead, um, I mean, you could have the same plot. Because exactly. The, the, I think Greta serves a purpose as far as, it's like Greta is basically what Lisa was to Dracula when Dracula first met Lisa. It's his way to kind of, like, it's that person to reconnect with humanity and show him fair that. Enough. And so what? I said that's fair. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, it's it's he just needed up that person there to reconnect. And I think that was his that was her that was her whole purpose was for him yeah. to have someone to connect with and talk with so it's like Greta could have been a man or a woman mm-hmm. and it, I, I, just, I personally that's how I just feel I mean like I love Greta I'm just saying like if you made Greta a man I don't yeah. see a different I don't see any difference happening yeah. like you like just, shout out shout out for giving us three brown women this season also she didn't have to be a woman you could have given me another brown dude would have been fine with it <laughs> But yeah, I, I guess like that was my whole thing with it. It's just like, cause even at the end, I did like how Greta does like her line um, to Alucard is like, I heard you are a weird person. And I like, it's like, it brings back to what his father said to his mother for the first when the, he's yeah. like, I think I might like you. Which is why I am like, this right. is clearly supposed to be romantic. Right. Oh no, they and were definitely I flirting do- the entire and time. And I am like, Why? Why? They were why flirting. do you give me? And and this is also this also may just come from my personal bias too. Why do you give me like the uke golden standard, and then be like, oh no, straight relationship? Like I no, and I mean, and like Greta's by two, so that's cool. But like, also, why did he just open up to her about talking to me like right there and then? Like they're just walking in the forest, known you for an hour. Oh yeah, and I was in a threesome that turned violent, and I slit their throats and pinned them out, and like put them on spikes out outside my castle like he had all that pent up he needed to talk to somebody uh, I, love, have- <laughs> I, I love i love my card. i love him right i love the titties but y'all like i i don't know you bring up a good point though because of people there was a lot of black backlash from the previous season i could see why that might have been some motivation yeah. in the choice um I who knows I would be interested to know if that would be the case because I really do feel like Greta could be a man or a woman yeah like, like they're the like I love like I love the character but it's like truthfully if you made her into a man you would have to change nothing yeah. about anything she says yeah uh, but nothing at all yeah so then there was the something. only thing I can think of is that they gender swapped her 
to make it more give more gender parity to the speaking roles uh, which is fine because there are because there really aren't that many women in well i mean there are now but like at the start there weren't too many like no that like, makes really fleshed out female characters but like for me it just kind of cheapens a lot of what we saw with Ayakard. um just the existence of a romance itself cheapens it mm-hmm. but the fact that i now feel like it was like forced heteronormative stuff i'm like mm, which it which again, if you're bi, you don't have to be in relationship with the with the same sex and like all the time. Mm-hmm. But like, it's hard for me, given what happened last season, to not see this as a pushback against how they established. Right. It's a fair point. Card. That's definitely a fair so. point to make. Um, yeah, no, I, I I get where you're coming from with that one for sure. Yeah. And then there was one thing I did have a point, and I forgot. Never mind, I'm gonna clip this out. Um, also, oh, back to Saint Germain. Oh, that man. I, oh, we're gonna drag him really quickly. That's oh. what, that was all I wanted to say. It's just like, first of all, <laughs> you know, in the, in the previous season, you had like a little bit of pity for him, and this one, I have no fucks to give for Saint Germain. None at all. None. Dude's just trying to get his stinky ass dick wet. That's his that this isn't and you know I'm not mad at it because those guys exist. Right. But also, like, I'm so happy that man died. Oh, he did he so got happy. what he deserved. Exactly. And, well, so and I think that there's also like so at first I was gonna be like, this is dumb motive no motivation. He's literally just doing this for some booty. Um, but when we think about it. Um, you end up with, and I think that this is like a larger piece of the show that like I don't think a lot of people have talked about, um, at least not like in articles or anything that I've seen, is so much of the show revolves around love right. and intimacy. Um, and love and intimacy being the the driving force between or behind our um our actions and our choices and our thoughts, right? So like um Dracula is pushed to madness and genocide because of his wife because of his love for her mm-hmm. dracula is also also makes the choice to stop fighting his son because of love and dies right um and then you end up trevor as much as trevor is fighting death for whatever reason he's also fighting it for siphon his kid mm-hmm. um Al is fighting for everybody that he's come to make a bond with but also the family that he hasn't had and then you have, um, I mean, and even when you look at like Isaac and Hector's stories in that second season, when we get their their mm-hmm. backgrounds, you get to see the perversion of love that they've been taught from humanity, which is trauma and pain and and, and violence. Right. And then, in in their stories, are very much overcoming that. Well, not so much in Hector's point because he's whipped for whatever reason. I'm so sorry, yeah. baby. Um, but uh, and then Saint Germain is this he's bringing about another stage of death through like this perverted idea of love and i use perverted not as in like oh yeah dude was fuck no i use perverted as in it's this warped sense of what love is right Mm because we have no idea if this woman reciprocated his feelings none because she doesn't speak in his flashbacks he's speaking to her yeah entire time it's like a stalker it is it is Um, they could have she could have just been his partner 
Yeah. Like, and then I'm like, maybe that's on purpose. Maybe because we have no, and I'm like, this isn't about like them making a one dimensional character. This is just because this is how St. Germain viewed her as like this one dimensional character. I think like he complimented her beauty and her skills, but like, we don't hear her interacting with him. It's all always him talking at her. Yeah. And I'm just like, I would, I too would run away into the infinite corridor to get away from your incessant talking, St. Germain. Exactly. My God. So bad. Um, that said, it makes sense. Like we understand it now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it's, it is beautiful in the way that they did that in, in the, in the way that like, when you think about Castlevania, you think about like violence and fighting and monster hunters and demons and vampires and like powerhouse is like, huh, it's really a story about love. Right. <laughs> like what will love drive us to do? And I, I, I do really appreciate that at its core is that love is this great motivator for so many characters um, and, and love in a way that comes in different forms, whether that's familial, lo- familial love or like friendship or found family or actual And I think love. too, like, I actually think that, um, I think that what's his face, <laughs> what's his face? I think that uh, Isaac's version of love is important mm-hmm. because it's self-love. It's understanding- yes that he deserves he deserves more too he does Um, and that is something that he comes to that is a that is what he sees Mm -hmm. and that's something that I think is really amazing and it's something that I I'm really thankful for because he also has that example of what love is and what what this I like what his identity is with all this Mm -hmm. and I mean like I just as we were speaking like I my piece about like his journey and everything that he goes through came out today and I'm just like I really loved Isaac because of how much the series like and again shout out to Powerhouse thank you Powerhouse because when Isaac was first introduced I was just like, I just really hope they expound on his character and we get to know more about him mm-hmm. and like they grow and they tell us, like we, we find out more about his motivations and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, they delivered on that consistently from like season two into now. And it's just like the Isaac we met in season two is drastically different from the Isaac that we meet in season four. And mm-hmm. you're right, it's because like, it's he's changed and he recognizes the change in himself he has gone through this transformative journey where he's been able to now find his own sense of agency for himself where he can control his own life his own path and he like it's the line where he says I can build a I can use a hammer to crack a skull or build a house and I'm just like that that line means so much to me now hearing that mm-hmm. like I so and I think like I think going back to Isaac's character mm-hmm. um the the conversation he has with Saint Germain or not Saint Germain with the captain and mm-hmm. both of them being black men is really important because like the conversation that the captain has with him isn't like 
it is coming from a place of understanding how the world mm-hmm. hurts you, but also understanding that you can't just keep a campaign against it. You have to do something more. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that Isaac implements that, was, and, and I think this also hit like really hard just because of everything that we're going through. Mm-hmm. The the basic message that could have been given was, oh, well, Isaac forgives humanity. He doesn't got to fight it anymore. Right. That's not the message. The message is that once you get your agency, you can't just fight to survive. You have to fight for a future. Mm -hmm. But it isn't about stopping the fight. It's about knowing what you're fighting for. And I think that that is something that is extremely powerful um, because it's about owning who you are. It's about owning your choices. And Mm -hmm. it's about owning the fact that the people around you can't force your hand. Mm-hmm. You get the choice whether you want to destroy or build, and that is what you get to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what Isaac represents a really good piece of is sometimes you can destroy because it needs to be destroyed, right? But then you have to be ready to rebuild on top of it. You have mm-hmm. to think about what comes after the destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the fact that they have him be the one to fight Carmilla is also extremely strong because both characters, and I wrote about it in my piece about her, they have fought so hard to be, to gain their agency. They have fought hard to not be controlled. Um, But what Carmilla is, is Carmilla is the version of us who reaches the state of having your agency, but not understanding that not everybody is coming for it. Mm -hmm. And it's not her fault. Like she says, like she contextualizes the vampire world for us. Vampire men said, let the women die. Vampire men have run everything into the ground. She knows that she will always have to get less than what a man will by doing more. Mm -hmm. And it's it's relatable man like I get that like being constantly scared that your agency that your things that your identity is up for grabs for someone that's terrifying and that's why she makes the choices that she does like she's driven by this fear of going back to being controlled Right, And I think that as a foil to Isaac, you see what happens when you understand that you can become the tool and the wielder and you see what happens when you're so worried about somebody else. Because ultimately she still sees herself as a tool. She sees Mm -hmm. herself as something somebody can come pick up and grab and then move. And it was really powerful. And as much as like that may seem like she's stunted she's not it is just that is how she moves through light and it's and it's valid as well mm-hmm. and uh the like her entire end sequence against Isaac when they're yeah. talking and she was like I'm a queen I'm nothing but ambition I'm like mm-hmm. yes girl yes like let yeah let's go and like she literally fills the room with blood just showing how badass she is and then yeah. I think what really stuck with me and the reason I'm not upset that she died is how she died Mm -hmm. delivering the lines. You don't deserve my blood. Right. Like that, like that, like not even like even in death, she did not let a man take that from her. Exactly. And that is what's important. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's this show really gets you because like I can love Carmilla but it's really about the way, like, I don't see Isaac as a villain for wanting to kill her. Mm. And I don't see, I mean, like, 
Carmilla to an extent is a villain for what she did to Hector. But like at the same time, like I can't blame her for her own, for what's happened to her. Cause it's hinted at of like how she's lived a life of abuse prior and like how she was controlled and like everything like you said, like how her agency was taken away from her at one point. So it's like, she has her own motivations and reasons for doing this. It's like when Lenora keeps telling Hector of like, you still miss the point of Camilla. You still don't understand her. I'm like, yes, of course, Hector, and I, I truly believe no one will understand Cam- Carmilla except for her sisters. Yeah. No, no one will ever understand her the well, way. That- and that's, and that's the thing too. Like, so like one of the things that I see as well is I feel like at the end of the day, she even moved away from her sisters and mm-hmm. that like it stopped being about them and started being about like, I think it was still about them, but it was more about them in the case that like women are consistently going to come under attack for these things. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I think you're right, because like at first you end up with her kind of arguing with Lenore and Lenore being really frustrated. Mm -hmm. But then by the end of it, when you have Lenore's um, final scene, she, the way she explains Carmilla to Hector, it's no longer that like she needs to stop expanding. She needs to stop doing this. It's almost like eat like with Carmilla dying she finally understands like oh no she like there are elements of this that were correct and there were elements of this that like we can't dismiss Carmilla for all these things mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody but her sister would I <laughs> the other funny thing is I thought it was funny how much Lenore got counted out because like Shrig and Marana are like there and they're just like well if Carmilla died Lenore is long dead already yeah. so let's go be wives together and I'm like yes do that you deserve happiness yeah there's power and you know minding your goddamn business and leaving mm-hmm. it because costs zero dollars <laughs> to just sit there and eat your food and that's what they did it is kind of sad though where they're just like lenore has to be dead we, we out we ride west yep. <laughs> and i'm just like damn that's ruthless but at the same time they're fed up with carmilla's shit and not yeah. like not like they hate her it's just that like they realized that they they were going to be stuck in a miserable situation yeah. for the rest of their for the rest of their lives that, i think that that was one of the beautiful things too is you have striga who's like this this trained soldier mm-hmm. and after that phenomenally animated scene of her and her day armor holy shit love it love it so much i want a figure of that please <sighs> make a figurine of her and her day, day armor um after that she says i fought them and they weren't farmers like in war it makes sense you you only attack until you lose the advantage but they're never gonna stop attacking Mm -hmm. like there was this like deep understanding of the differences in what was happening and Mm -hmm. i thought that like they did a very good nuanced take and explanation of like the differences between the court of Styria, which is very logic driven and understanding versus Dracula's court, which was Mm -hmm. just vampires eat humans. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, so I kind of had this moment where it made me calling back to like, um, Demon Slayer, because we recently talked about this, and it's when Sengoku is talking about humans and like you know how we like what makes us better than demons and everything. In a way, the conversation that Striga is having with Marana, it kind of reminded me of that, of just like these people were fighting and they like would not stop. And it's kind of like, yeah, no, humans will keep fighting. It's just Carmilla's plan did not take into a did not take into an account 
that people would not fall in line, that people would not give up. And I think it's the realization to them of just like, we would constantly be fighting like this until I die of old age and we will never see each other. And it's like, yeah, no, people don't, you, you see them as food, but at the same time, people will not just stop and give up and be your food. They're going to constantly come at you no yeah. matter what. And I think that was like a powerful realization for them. They're just like, oh, this plant's not like it, it could like when they were talking about it in season three it's like it could work it could work yeah if we do this it could work but then it's like they finally have the realization of like it could work but at what cost yeah yeah and I thought that was like a very powerful thing for them to realize and it's always funny when we see like vampires and demons and like especially in anime because like that's I feel like that's a trope that's explored when they forget about what makes humans so human and different from them but I love it because it's like the vampires haven't been humans for so long, or I don't know if any of them were born vampires, but the whole point is they realize that like they have not been humans or they're never, never been humans. So they don't realize what it means to be human. They just think of, they think of humans as food. So they truly yeah. don't understand how the enemy thinks. They think they know how food thinks, Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. in, but, your, but your food is your enemy. So exactly. And it's almost like this understanding from everybody that world that that it's more that people are more right that humanity is more. And I think that that is one of the stunning realizations of everybody. Mm -hmm. I agree because it's like even Isaac and Trevor like everyone kind of comes in like in their own way of kind of like commenting on that like like we've said um how they want to build something more for the future and like you know old things have to die and better futures have to be Mm -hmm. built the village like all these things all these things kind of like kind of lead like add into that and I think it's beautiful because it's just like, yeah, no, humanity can be beautiful. It's, it's, it's funny because the series starts off with humanity being terrible and yeah. like absolutely awful to Dracula. And it's all about like, if y'all had just left this man alone, if humanity had just treated this man better and left this man alone, he never would have started all of this. But then it ends up with being like, humanity deserves a better future than yeah. what these old bones could have given it and it's like Mm -hmm. Isaac the part where Isaac is like I'm beginning to think that the way Dracula ran things even before his wife died might not have been right and I was just Mm -hmm. like here's the man who was so loyal to Dracula that he would lay down his life to preserve his immortal life because he said his genius was too important for the world and the fact that like it's the growth of him being able to see if like Dracula was wrong and I need to be better than what Dracula did and that for me has been like the oh god I love Isaac so much I'm sorry I'm gonna like I'll go on like another Isaac rant no he's 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 genuinely good um but I do think like moving away from from those characters um Saifa is so Saifa Mm -hmm. Saifa as a whole like she hasn't had like a giant story but what she has been is the most powerful fucking person in the room Mm -hmm. holy shit the way she uses powers now it's such a it's such a 
it's such a big not leap because she was a badass in season one like with her Girl magic made a like, circular saw out of water yes, that's true because i'm like these are things that i never would have thought the avatar and the last airbender would think to do and i mean like a saw when she <laughs> shot the lightning bow mm-hmm. to kill the uh, uh, bravo to whoever designed her moves i love it i i truly do love it and then like when she just decides she's had enough and she just sets it all to flame like i don't know what we call the sequences when like because castlevania has done it for i think at least all of the main characters like trevor did it they did it in season three for trevor they did it for alucard it's like that moment where like they just become consumed with like whatever's surrounding them i don't know going super saiyan i don't know what to call it i don't know what to call it they're 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 super move i don't know what to call it but it's like in this season when she did it and it's just like damn it's like the cypher we meet in season one and like i sometimes forget when i rewatch i'm like why did cypher go alone oh yeah that's right because she's the only one who probably can fight powerful right she's the most powerful she's the only speaker i think they even say like i'm a speaker magician so like i assume that means like nobody else in her tribe can do magic they just are like regular speakers but it's like as the series goes on, Saifa just keeps getting more powerful. <laughs> and I have to say, I wonder if she had been the one fighting death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I just wanted to know, like, what it would look like. I mean, obviously, for many reasons, she would not have fought death. But it just, I just feel like Saifa's god mode level shit. Like, I don't know how else to describe her. Yeah. I love I her don't. so much. She's just. She's us here. I guess, like, going on from Saifa, like, we kind of, like, when we look at, like, the overall, like, do you think that the show, okay, do you think that the show ended the way that you wanted it to? Or did it end well, but you didn't think any of this was coming? It ended well. I didn't think any of this was coming. It ended the way I wanted it to because no one I cared about died. That's fair. Because when I tell you, I expected either Trevor to die or Cypher to die. Trevor did die. Technically, he did die. And Kate had to listen to me sob. Oh, it was hilarious because I watched it with her after I had already watched it. And I was like, "Mm -hmm. just keep watching. And here I am. Here I am over here just beside myself sobbing because i'm not okay i'm just not okay thanks powerhouse thank you so much for that but anyways (laughs) um yeah i I, honestly it ended in a way where like i was so satisfied because i'm like this was the best possible way to end the story for all these characters that we all care about yeah in a way that did not feel impossible yeah that makes sense because i knew like and i'm assuming from the video games i assumed that cypher would live because her and trevor have a have a child together yes i just assumed that like does trevor die i don't know and then i also thought like oh my god what about alucard will something terrible happen to him so i was expecting for there to be something devastating to happen so it did make the most sense that something bad was going to happen 
to yeah. one of the characters that I cared the most about, especially Isaac, because after he came and found peace for himself, I was kind of like, if he dies in this fight with Carmilla, I will riot this bitch. But we're fine <laughs> that none of that happened. But sorry. I, I, yeah, so I stick by that answer. It definitely didn't end the way I expected it to, but I'm satisfied with the ending and I like how it ended because it just feels natural. It feels like the ending that these characters and the story deserved. But what about you? Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think that I saw any of this happening. Like, I think that I very much was not, I don't know, like, I knew that, actually, I didn't know anything. I'm not going to try make myself be smarter than it was. I knew nothing. I knew nothing was, I, I could not have predicted any of this. But when I watched it, and now having it watched it so many times, I can't picture another ending mm-hmm. for this, yeah. for, for all these stories. And I think because of that, it's perfect. Like, I can think of so many other things that I have watched and immediately my brain goes into well what if they had done this what if they had done that mode Mm -hmm. and my brain didn't do that like every time I have watched the finale I have seen more things that I have just come to understand and I have just like I've gotten a greater appreciation into what came to fulfilling these like these arcs and these stories like I don't think that there is a finale that more honors the character than this mm-hmm. because when we so Sunday last Sunday we did an entire binge from 12 p.m to 12 a.m or like about maybe about one when we watched every episode of Castlevania like mm-hmm. we binged all of it together and watching everything back to back because I had I had done a rewatch but I had done a rewatch over a few days and then I watched the the fourth season Um, but watching it all in one sitting I gained a new appreciation for how many small tender moments they brought from the first season from the second season from the third season all the way into the fourth Mm -hmm. like (laughs) <laughs> maybe because like the mass effect legendary editions out and that's where my brain is but like it reminded me of mass effect in the way that when you play mass effect you make choices in the game and by the third game you see the culmination of every choice you've ever made like even the small choices that you made in one and two the two games before it that's what i felt like castlevania season four was it was the culmination of every step and every choice and every action that was made up until that point by those characters. Mm-hmm. So I didn't expect it. Um, and this is, I mean, the only thing I wanted was I wanted Alucard happy and he's happy. So like, honestly, I wanted, I wanted the, re- I just wanted the reunion. I wanted the reunion to happen on good terms. <laughs> Like, I don't know why I just for some reason thought like, oh my God, what if the worst thing happens and like they have to go and fight out your card? I don't know. I, my brain was all over the place because I did not know where, the, this was before watching, like watching what the setup for this 
season was going to be so like when we knew that we were getting season four I was going to be like after season three I was just like what if Alucard goes to the dark side what if Sypha and Trevor have to go fight him what if like my brain was going everywhere so like I really did not know what to expect with this story and like how they were going to end everything but like when I tell you, I'm just like, I'm just so satisfied. I've never felt this satisfied by any project I've ever consumed. And it's just so good. And speaking Dude. of things, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, speaking of things that we did not expect, do we want to talk about the last five minutes? Oh my God, yes, please. Because, oh my God, if we weren't already satisfied with the fact of Trevor still being alive. Lisa and Dracula are alive and they get a second chance. You know what? Do I hate Saint Germain and his dusty ass dick? Yes, 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 absolutely. I hate him, I hate it all, but at least he saved them. Oh my god, at least he did something right with his insignificant, just petty little life. Like, he's he's a he's an asshole. That's there's no debating that. But after forcing Dracula and his wife into a corpse's body, I feel, and dragging them out of hell from like them being reunited, it felt like it was the only right thing to do was to like literally give them the second chance that they both deserved. And I mean, like, just the whole exchange that they have with one another and like that they're able to finally have it one another again where she's just like so I guess we're gonna talk about it I died and you weren't there and then you died and I was and just I like wasn't there I'm just like oh my gosh I'm just like wow I've missed seeing them together so much because we haven't seen them together since the first episode Mm-hmm. I love them. It's so healthy. Mm-hmm. It's so it healthy. It's so healthy for like everything that they've been through. It is. It truly just, is. And Dracula deserved to be happy. Like truly, he. I, I hold that Dracula. Yes, he is the villain of the video games, and he is the villain in the series. But I will always say, if they had just left that man the hell alone he would have never started the apocalypse and the world never would have gone into chaos. If people weren't so fucking rude, mm-hmm. none of that would happen. None of it would have happened. I feel like that's the other lesson here. First lesson is love will make you do a lot of things. Start the apocalypse, build a better future. Start the apocalypse again. Yup. That's some stanky ass love, but it was love. Time travel just to get some, you know, get laid. Um, but that's not love, that's obsession. But we're not going back down that. It's a perverted hole. kind of love, but yes. Yes. Ugh, he he grosses me out. But <laughs> but nobody the, wants that, Saint Germain. Nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody wants Saint Germain. And I just he he makes my skin crawl. Um, but man. Oh, and also I guess one other thing. Did you see the thing with Varney? coming at all Mm-mm. I was no. very I was so because no indication of who the true big villain was this year this season had no idea who it was going to be because at first I had just assumed that like okay Isaac's going to clash with Styria which means he's going to go up against Hector and Carmilla which then we see how that plays out and I'm like okay if Carmilla's dead what does that leave 
you know, Alucard, Sypha, and Trevor to fight. And then you learn of like what St. Germain's been up to. And then you learn who he's been working with. And then it's revealed that Varney, this, who, he sounds like some British rocker. I swear, I need to look up who is voicing Varney. I looked him up, hold on. Okay, because I am, a, I, I swear, if it's somebody who is like a British. It's, it's Malcolm McDowell. Um, look up his name and look up his face. You won't know his name, but you will know his face. Okay. You know me very well. Well, this dude is a real good character actor. Oh, him. Yes. Uh Wow. The man from Haunted Mansion. This is the butler from Haunted Mansion. (laughs) I'm tripping because this is the butler from Haunted Mansion. Okay. Well, bravo to you, sir. That was a great performance. (laughs) Just... No. Bill Nye plays Saint Germain. No. Yeah. Bill Nye can act like that? Not Bill Nye the science guy. Bill Nye the British guy. You have to actually tell me there's a different Bill Nye, Kate. Ma'am. You say Bill Nye. How many, people, how many people are going to think Bill Nye the science guy first? Dumb Americans. <laughs> I just dropped it to you in chat. There's a link of all. Wait. What? James? Theo James plays Hector? Yes. Dear Lord, I did not know that. I looked up Hector immediately after that sex scene. <laughs> Theo James can get it. I oh know. my God. I knew. <sighs> wow. Look at us. Just the thirst. You know what? Um... Adito Kumbo McCormick, who plays Isaac, could play him in real life. He could. Also, like he plays, mm-hmm, and he also plays um, Kofi in. Um, <gasps> that's amazing. God, what is the. In uh, Blood of Zeus? Blood of Zeus, thank you. Yeah, I was about awesome. to say Gods and Monsters. I'm like, that is not what it's called. Technically, that was its original name. That is what it was. Look, look at me. Look at me my, accessing those memories. Mm-hmm. But. Yes. Oh, I just love, I love the show so much. And the voice acting. Man, I would kill to get, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, interviews with all of these people. Like, so good. So good. All these voice actors. So good. Mm -hmm. They did, they did everyone justice. And I Mm -hmm. just appreciate them all. Oh, now give us the spinoffs. Just give us the spinoffs. Yeah. But, oh, back to the thing. Yeah, never saw the ending. Never saw Varney being death, the incarnate of Varney being the alchemist and the alchemist being death. There right. was two layers there. Right. Which, a third layer, because you had an interesting theory. Yeah, so Miranda from the first, from, like, the third season, the, like, mm-hmm. singular lady who talks to tells Isaac to go kill everybody in the city... Mm-hmm. That was death, right? Like I, I think that that was death. So I'm gonna go off of yes, mainly because of the color scheme. Because I'm going off of two things: the alchemist lady that um, Saint Germain meets matches the same color scheme as Death's color scheme, and Miranda also oh, matches that color scheme. Oh, because they're all grayed out. They're all grayed out. They yeah. all have hints of blue, and I'm kind of just like, you know what? And then, like, you get the sense, because Isaac's like, I smell magic on you, and he assumes she's a witch, just an old witch who's not that powerful anymore. Yeah. 
But at the end of that fight, when Isaac takes over and kills that evil wizard, you get a sense that there was something more powerful in her. Mm-hmm. And like, it just, it's, I just feel like there was something more to her for it to be like just thrown away. And maybe we're just digging, but I, in my, in my head canon, that, that was death. Yep. And that was death just laying the traps because death wanted Isaac to be a part of the plan mm-hmm. originally too. But Isaac was just like, um, my plans right now are more important than the, than bringing Dracula back to life, which again, look at our boy growth, 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 because he prioritized his own task before reviving Dracula. Also, I feel like Isaac is the only one who truly understands that Dracula will want rest. Yes. Also, so Oh, sorry for the aunt, but there I've discussed it with somebody else, and I don't, we weren't even talking about Castlevania. But like some characters need to die mm-hmm. because they deserve rest, because they need to ju- like some. It is okay for your character to just end. Mm-hmm. It's why there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, and it's why for me the scene where Alucard goes through with killing Dracula makes sense. Alucard knows that his father wants to die and that he's hurting Mm -hmm. and that he's like, it's very obviously obvious that Dracula just wants the world to burn. He's like, this whole thing has been the world's longest suicide note. You want to die. You want me to kill you. And it's sad that Alucard feels like he's the one that has to do it in order to like, save the world but also in a way give his father rest and I don't and it's like I feel like a lot of people will just be like well no he looked like he was coming around and he was going to hug you know like yeah he was going to hug him after he staked him through the heart but like the fact of the matter was Dracula wasn't the man that he used to be and Alucard could see that and he know he knows he needed rest And I think that's why he went ahead and did it, why he went ahead and killed him, even though it seemed like Dracula, in his own way, came to the realization of like, I'm killing our boy, Lisa. I'm killing him. God, (sighs) give me that entire binge. Like, I... Powerhouse comes for your throat. It does. I I don't... It's just, it's perfect. I just, Um, I can't wait for the next project. I mean, like, I can't either. Like, one, I want this mono season two. I don't like literally halt everything else you're doing and give me says mono season two please please, do we have to tell us how many times we have to stream it because I'll do my I know I I am BTS army yo like I will stream I will get those stream goals like I do for my boys like by rest assured I will do it tell me what I need to do Mm -hmm. Mm. is this too good it's too good to only end with one season it really is but um that and the way it ended. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just not a good way to end a season. <laughs> at least give us a at least give us a two-hour movie. Please, yeah. Please, Netflix. Give me something small. Yes. Um, well, but any other last thoughts for Castlevania? It was perfect. That, like, that's really my last thoughts. It was perfect. I'm, I don't even like He-Man, but I'm going <laughs> to watch He-Man masters of the universe because it's coming from powerhouse i'm literally hyped for he-man i've only watched he-man a handful of times when i was a kid with my dad 
I'm not even a I'm not even a big He-Man fan, but you know what? I'm a fan of himbos, and you know what He-Man look like? <laughs> Himbo. Himbo. <laughs> yeah, I give zero shits about He-Man. I really could not care, okay. but also, I would like to watch. I would like to see. I'm here for an. I'm here for all the blood and action that looks like we're getting in this adult animation mm-hmm. of He-Man. All- all I know is that Powerhouse has not let me down yet, and therefore I will watch. Yes. I mean, basically, and don't they, uh, they have another project coming out, too. They have, you know what, Powerhouse, just keep it coming. What keep do coming. they have coming out? I don't, I thought they only had He-Man. Someone said something about a Skull Island, didn't they? This is when we were doing the re- the watch party. Oh, yeah, no, they're right. Yeah, they're doing the Kong School, like the Kong School Island thing. Mm-hmm. That's going to be dope. I trust my kaiju babies with them. Yes. Oh my god, just give Powerhouse everything. I'm so excited. Seriously though, like nobody's doing it like them at all. Like I, I want I want I want every Japanese product to go to MAPPA and I want every American property to mm-hmm. go to Powerhouse. Yes. I trust my big my big three, my trinity of animation studios are um Trigger and mappa and powerhouse Mm, that's fair and that i mean again the standard has been met and and set beyond everything we've seen thus far after this so yeah i just uh, i need everyone to learn from powerhouse like everyone i I will accept nothing less i'm sure i will though because what else will i watch now that castlevania is over I don't know, man. That's the thing. Like Castlevania has turned into my my comfort series. Like I realize when we were watching it, like I have seen while I have seen I have seen the whole series through six times. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the whole series was season four five times. The whole series, the one through three, I've seen about seven times, yep. and then I've seen individual episodes way more than that and I've seen individual episodes way more than that because like when I am tired and I just want to watch something and I just want to put something on I do put on Castlevania because it's that show that like it gives me joy and I just want to keep coming back um and I think that like building that type of animation beauty and story to where somebody wants to keep coming back to you years after they know the story that they're getting Mm -hmm. you can't beat that yeah i mean i watched season one which was only four episodes no less than 10 times because it took two two years two years until we got season two so i literally just kept on like watching it because i'm like this is so good and i love it and I just keep coming back to it. Even to this day, I can go start it and I can enjoy it the same way I, I enjoy it now. And I can find something yeah. else I love about it. But, uh. and I also think that like one of the things that like I really want to point out that they've been able to do is Castlevania at the end of the day is a dark high fantasy series or a dark mm-hmm. fantasy series. I don't want to hear anybody ever say that people of color can't be in fantasy because powerhouse did that shit and they did that shit with beauty yes they understand brown skin tones and i will say this for every damn review i have i write for them uh you know i write of their contents 
they understand it in a way that I have not seen any animation company, American or otherwise, mm-hmm. understand it. And that is amazing. And not only that, we're not in stereotypical like pieces. Like when you look at it, like Isaac is literally the strongest and most important character of the series. Mm-hmm. He is. And I agree. Like the fact that they're able to give you various skin tones and like show you how skin tones work in different lighting. Like it's amazing. And I feel like it's something that me and you talk about it all the time when we see characters of color, um, specifically black, black and brown characters, because it's something very noticeable is like my first thing that I look at the characters is their hands because I will like, I like they ask look at their hands and look for that like almost like that gradient like to see the different color yeah. like how striking is it and then how bad is it because it's like come on I love you Mappa but what the fuck was that skin color in Yasuke I have many feelings and we still have to do that recording yeah because yes <laughs> that is one of them that is an example of where it can be done better and it's just like I just I'm tired like when people say like well we don't know how to draw you know black characters we don't know how to draw brown characters I'm like you know what I find it very unlike I find that, that statement to be insulting one because if mm-hmm. you are working for a studio if you are animating if you went to art school chances are you took classes and you learned how to draw things that you didn't know how to draw before Mm -hmm. so it all just comes down to effort if you don't know how to draw or color or to shade characters of color you can learn and you know what powerhouse and studios they delivered and they showed you that it's possible so i don't i i I accept nothing less If Cowboy fucking Bebop could do it in the 90s, your ass can do it in 2021. Dude, listen, if Megalobox, (laughs) another great one that knows how to do it. Joe is Mexican and I stand by that and everybody else can kiss my goddamn ass. The fact that people disagree is funny because I'm just like, season two is literally screaming at y'all with the title this man is Mexican so (laughs) y'all got (laughs) people don't want to accept it but I'll fight someone for saying that Joe is not Mexican Joe is at the very least Latino like I mean just wait for the dub I'm pretty sure like we're going to see I don't know people going people are hopefully will eat their words and shut up yeah this has gone a far way off from Pennsylvania, (laughs) and it's over an hour um if you're listening to this i hope you really liked it i hope that you go watch castlevania right now i hope that you go support powerhouse honestly and i and i i always get worried as a critic like going for a studio so hard but like i i genuinely believe in everything that they do like i have not seen a studio embrace diversity in this way i have not Mm -hmm. seen a a studio animate action sequences this way i have not seen a studio know how to do storytelling this way and this is from castlevania this is from blood of zeus this is from ses manos 
I like I don't just love them because they're Austin based and I don't just love them because they're a US studio. I love them because they bring it and they mm-hmm. bring it every time. Um, and I'm really selective about things that I champion and I support. And I, I think if, if you're listening to this and you're, you haven't gone through and looked at all their Netflix stuff, like, please go through and watch it. It's really good. I um, mean, we are getting a blood of Zeus season two. So that's good. Yes. Still wants this mono season two though. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm like, give me that, <laughs> please. Yep. Uh, but with that, that brings us to a close. Kate, you want to tell them where they can find you and the show? Yeah, you can find the show at DYHD underscore pod. And if you want to support us on Patreon, because we deserve it, we do hard work. Please mm-hmm. love us. Please give us monies. For a dollar, you can get access to Manga Trash, where me and Nisha talk about smutty manga. Very smutty manga. Ooh. Could the next episode of Manga Trash just be us finding the smuttiest Castlevania fan fiction? I'd be down with that. I haven't read fan I haven't read fan fiction in a hot minute, but if you give me some trouble shit. Okay, I'm pretty sure, like, I checked th- this weekend after the series dropped, after the last one dropped, and like titles have quadrupled. <laughs> People have been writing. So maybe we should. <laughs> Uh, Nisha. Oh, and you can find me at Omemithrandir, where I'm consistently talking about Alicard's titties. Um, yes. Which is weird. I do want to point out, I forget that people who worked on Castlevania follow me. And then when I see them like like me like shit posting about Castlevania, making a dumbass joke or being like, hmm, Alicard titties. I'm like, oh no, fuck. You're somebody I respect. Why are you reading my timeline? <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> it's just like titties <laughs> titties uh, and also yes y'all can find me on twitter and instagram at nisha plays um where i will eventually be doing more cosplays now that i got my hair did and i look like somebody again i mean i look like somebody before i was just tired of doing a bun and having to comb my hair out so now cosplays are coming y'all gonna see braids um but anyways with that were y'all as satisfied with this series finale of Castlevania as we were? Do you think Alucard's titties take up the screen? And do you all hate St. Germain as much as we do? Find out next time on Did You Have To. Bye! Did You Have To is co-produced by Kate Sanchez and Lanisha Campbell. Our intro is done by Dr. Emery Stephen Daniel. And our outro and intro music is by Benjamin Tissot, a.k.a. Ben Sound.